Well, we are back. You are listening to Covenant Network Catholic Radio coming to you live from the Focus Seat Conference in downtown St. Louis, Missouri. I am Adam Wright. Happy to be with you. Joined by Patty Schneier. Patty, it's it's really good to be with you it's, as well. It's great to be here this afternoon for this special broadcast of Roadmap to Heaven in the afternoon. We are here at the Sea Conference. So excited to be here with you, Adam. It's just been so exciting. You know, one of the fun things, Patty, is right before uh, we went on the air here, we were having the rosary, and uh, wonderful they'd be able to pray the rosary on the air and have Bishop Rice leading us in the rosary. And then we looked over to the uh, Sarah Club booth and saw a picture of Bishop Rice and said, oh, you know, I, we, we just miss him so much. If only he could be with us on the radio. <laughs> and then because Patty Schneier knows everyone lo at this behold. conference, lo and behold, one of the bishops of our listening area, is, we're very pleased to have with us, Bishop Edward Rice. Your Excellency, it's so great to see you here. I was physically attacked by Patty and told I had to <laughs> no, come over here. So We did nab you, I will admit. Okay, so we did a little bit of that, but it was just so great to see you. And, and we wanted to offer you the chance, of course, you being a native St. Louis priest, to say hello to our listeners and uh, let us know, you know, what's going on in your world. Yeah, well, you know, it's good to be up here. I miss St. Louis, but at the same time, I love Southern Missouri. It's a great place to be. And uh, so I feel like I have the best of both worlds, mm, the, where beautiful. I came from and where I am. It's too good things to have in my life. Absolutely. Well, here at Seek, there are so many priests and bishops. You were telling us off air, how many bishops are even here, down here at the America Center for this Focus Conference? I, I had heard the number like 30, 35, something like that. So wow. it's, yeah, it's quite yeah. beautiful, quite striking that they're all taking the time to be here at this time of the year. And that's the thing about these young people. They're giving up their Christmas break to be here for a whole week. It's amazing. It is. It well, is. they knew we were going to have these uh, buzzers for our quiz game in front of us. There I mean, they keep, everyone keeps coming. What are those buzzers? I just yeah. want to press a button. I know? did press a button, and then she told me not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's also, I was going to say, it's also a very special week for you. Happy anniversary oh, on you. your ordination to the priesthood, which was yesterday, January yeah. 3rd. How many years have you been a priest? 36 36 years. years. Yeah. I, you know, I had the Traveler's Mass at the Cathedral. Sunday at 8 o'clock in the evening. I just thought, I've laid down my life on that marble floor for a priest and as a bishop. Yeah. Yeah. The bishop will be on the 13th of this month. I know. St. Yeah. Hillary. Feast of St. Hillary. Yes. Very good. Every year I remember your ordination date of becoming a bishop. And um, usually I text you. And now you'll know it's from me when yes. I text you. We had to get <laughs> yeah, it Yeah. I usually right. don't respond to anonymous texts. <laughs> Well, Your Excellency, I know we promised not to put you on the spot with too much. We're just so grateful to have you here to say hello to our listeners. But could I ask you to open our show with a prayer? Sure. Let's invoke Our Lady as we pray. In the, name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is so fun to see you. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's our Thank pleasure. You. Thank you for being with us, Your Excellency. Okay. All right, so here's what's in store. Patty and I are downtown live in St. Louis at the Seek 23 conference that's being put on by the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And uh, we've been happy to be coming to you live all week from the convention center and broadcasting, just meeting everybody who's going around. We, we, it turns out, Patty, you do not actually know everyone here. No, you Just about 75% of the people here. <laughs> it's just it's just phenomenal. And Bishop Rice is the one that said it. He goes, this is, he said, this is like Catholic Woodstock. And then he goes, on steroids. Um, it's just incredible how many people are here. And of course, so many ministries are here. We're in the vendor hall. So all of the sisters, all of the religious, so many different organizations and apostolates are all here. And yes, having traveled, you know, for the past 20 years across the United States, I do know a lot of people in Catholic ministry. So it is also <laughs> So I will say a huge reunion of sorts and a lot of fun. Just beautiful yeah. people that are doing great things for the Lord. And we're all striving, of course, for holiness and all striving to build up the kingdom of God. And so when you do meet someone, it's like a, it is. It's a brother and sister yeah. in Christ. So it's well, a great thing. One big happy Catholic family, um, you know, in, in one body of Christ. And tonight in particular, we have adoration. And, mm, you know, yes. it, it's one of the, I keep coming back this week to... Uh, 
a, a prayer that's in the Eastern liturgy, in the, in the I, I believe the Byzantine liturgy, at the very beginning, it is time for the Lord to act. Hmm. And I, I've been having conversations all day about expectation. You know, not that not that we know what to expect, but we know that our God is faithful, and we know that He's going to move into in the hearts of those who love Him. And so it is very reasonable to expect that he is going to act tonight during this holy hour. In fact, in the homily today, uh, Bishop Conley was talking about how many vocations just have, have come from being in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Yes. And so tonight, he, he said, didn't he, get ready. It, it, yes. It's probably going to be one of you tonight will hear that call. And we don't know who it is, and we, we don't know, but we pray for those vocations, and we pray for everyone gathered. It's also been a great week to meet people that we don't know, as, as we've been saying. And so we're going to start the afternoon broadcast off today with someone we, we actually just met today, and that's Matt Marin from, now now I say a relatively new religious order, but uh, George, your, your compatriot. So no, we're, 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 we've been around 30 years, as well in the life of the church. That's pretty new for me. But the Companions of the Cross, a Society of Apostolic Life out of Canada. And Matt, you're with us. First off, welcome to St. Louis. And welcome, and thank you for being with us on Covenant Network today. Thanks, Adam, and thanks, Patty. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you for this opportunity. So tell us a little bit, uh, the Companions of the Cross. Who are you? What do you do? And let me just say this even before you begin. Mm-hmm. So you are dressed in a habit. I am. And you have a, a collar on that looks as if you are a priest. But I'm seeing that your name tag says Matt Marin. So... You're not father, and I'm you're not. not brother. Correct. So I want our listeners to know, explain who you are. <laughs> sure. So, yes, my name is Matt Merritt, and I'm a, I'm a seminarian with the Companions okay. of the Cross. Seminarian. Okay. Correct. So typically, I'm, I'm in my first year of theology, and so typically theological students or students in theology would wear a, a Roman collar Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yes. And then the habit is, uh, at some of our parishes, we wear uh, a cassock, and so I'll wear a cassock. But typically... Uh, we actually don't wear a cassock. We just wear just a collared shirt with our medallion. And this medallion, you just see like a man holding a cross, just representing the companion of the cross as we're close to the cross. And so you would, uh, you would find us or you would set us apart from this medallion that you see here. Mm. And I see you have a beautiful red cross Correct. here as well. Yes, yeah, a red cross. And so it's, again, just a reminder of that we're a companion. We hold to the cross close to us. Beautiful. Yes. Now, who found it? The society. That's, that's a very important question. It is a good question. So our founder is Father Bob Bedard. He was a, a diocesan priest for the Archdiocese of Ottawa. Uh, so he founded it. Uh, he's the founder of our community, and it was founded in 1985 in Ottawa there. And the story you were telling me earlier, uh, you know, as charisms develop, when a, a society or an order is founded, there's usually a particular charism or, or work of the community that separates it from, I mean, how many different religious orders and communities right. do we have here? And you're all <laughs> different, and yet you're all similar. Mm-hmm. Um, he went into a parish. I, I, I want to say the way you put it was, you could throw a snowball, because this is Canada. You could mm-hmm. throw a snowball right. <laughs> across the church, and you wouldn't hit anyone. Correct. Correct. Well, what happened next? Yeah, so this parish was, so he was originally a, a teacher at a high school. And so the bishop had asked him to be a parish priest, and he had no experience. He was, he, and he, he obediently accepted to do that. So he goes to the parish, and this is a parish that's dying, a parish that's about to close, and he's kind of thrown in there. And um, in a time of prayer, he asked the Lord, like, Lord, what do you want to do in this parish? Like, you know the condition of this parish. And so he goes and, and he senses the Lord say, like, if you, you need to give me permission, these particular words, you need to give me permission. And if you give me permission and invite the other people, the parishioners, to give me permission, then you will see me move mm. in a clear way. And so he began doing exactly that. In, in all of his homilies, in different ways, he would preach, give God permission. And the fruit of that was that people started attending masses. People started... Um, uh, attend different groups within the mass and the church began to just grow and grow in fact it got to the point where busloads of people would eventually come to the church to um to yeah to attend mass and and even you would see the, it's a funny story that you would see grown men cry at mass and they would be so touched out of reverence of what was what was partaken before them and so um and that's something we do now in our parishes is we 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 try to to bring people into an encounter with Christ through this this opportunity and to elicit a response to give God permission in, in, all, in all that we do. So. so how were you introduced to this community and what drew you to them? Okay, good question. So I, I was studying at a, in Ottawa, Canada. And so this is where our, our hub is, so to speak. So this is where our parishes are. And, and I really saw these priests that, that really cared for each other, really loved each other. And I saw really the sense of brotherhood. 
And during this time, I was discerning the priesthood, and I was always drawn to a community. I always desired community life. And, and my experience, unfortunately, wasn't necessarily the greatest of community life of priests. It was necessarily, I would just see them on Sundays, and they would go home, and that's it. And so I didn't have a good um, impression, so to speak. But I saw these men, and I saw they actually, they actually loved each other. And I was drawn to that, and there was something attractive to that. And so uh, from then, I started seeing them, and I started... Um, kind of just visiting them and I saw this this peace and this desire that they have for each other and from there it kind of grew uh, my desire for the priesthood and my desire for this community in particular. So then when you finish your studies, um, you, you told me earlier the companions that you don't got by yourself. It's, it's very important that you're in community so into the parishes usually at least two of you like the early church you know correct go out in groups of two and correct yeah so we're typically two uh in each parish but we usually in each house we call a foundation we typically have four priests together so we definitely have this emphasis to live together to work to minister and one of the one of the cool things that we say is that our, the quality of our ministry depends on the quality of our brotherhood and so very much an emphasis on the brotherhood that this really our, our ministry flows out of our brotherhood out of our desire out of our love for each other that's wow. awesome. Mm-hmm. So at some point, you know, Ottawa was the beginning. You, you uh, flew south for the winter mm-hmm. in some ways, and you're now right. in the United States as well? Correct. We're at Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, so that's where our house of formation is. Our- oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Patty, if you were to go over on Mission Way uh, to the Companions of the Cross booth, they've got a beautiful canvas uh, backdrop, much like we have with our Covenant Network logo, but on there is they have all of these post-it notes, and I, I was looking for a moment before we went on the broadcast, and George was telling me all about this, but could you share with our listeners, what are those post-it notes that are on this banner at your booth? Right. Yeah, so similar to what I explained about Father Bob and this idea of giving God permission, we wanted to bring that up and to challenge those that are here to to, uh, to ask them, how are they giving God permission this year in 2023? And so we've been asking people we even ask people that, and people have written different things, you know, from their own prayer life, you know, particularly things that they want to grow in. And uh, it's been amazing. It's been edifying, you know, that we're all on this journey. We're all yeah. seeking the Lord, and, and it's, it's been great. Yeah, it, it's wonderful. You, both you and George have been f- fantastic to talk to about that. And I love that idea with college students. And, but you know what? Even with me and Patty, I would imagine with you, at a certain point every day we all have to let go of my plan and, and my, you know, my vision like, okay, Lord, we're talking this morning, and instead of thy will be done, my will be done. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, <laughs> let go of those things and, and, I like and give the God phrase. permission. I like the phrase, okay, Lord, I give you permission. And I guess every day I need to say I give you permission to do with me what you will today. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Every day I give you permission to do with me whatever you will today. Um, but I've never really used those words. I give you permission. I can honestly say that this hasn't been a, a mantra for me, but it's a beautiful, I think I need to take that to adoration and mm-hmm. just in front of the Blessed Sacrament say, okay, Lord, I give you permission. You know, I've said it in different ways. I surrender my life right. to you. Do it, right. You know, lots of different ways of saying it, but to me, words matter. Right. And there can be a different nuance to that of just, I give you permission. Right. I give you permission to, to do whatever you want with me, with my life, with my future. So, if, you know, if we had, everybody's so spread out here right, right. now. There's a lot happening. Um, but if you had one thing you could say to everyone before they go into adoration tonight, because, again, we, we know to expect that the Lord is going to act in some way. We don't know how. We don't know what that's going to look like. But with that idea of giving him permission, what would be your encouragement? Hmm. For someone going into adoration? Yeah. yeah, for all the young people tonight, there's going to be 20-something. And, and again, a lot of people from St. Louis are coming down tonight right. for this adoration okay. night. So there could be 20,000 people in the Dome tonight in adoration, which is going to be very it's, cool. Yeah, I would say, I would just encourage you to come in with an open heart, asking the Lord to just to make his self present. I think that's the greatest thing because oftentimes you can come in with our own expectations like we mentioned. And so just coming and asking the Lord, like, Lord, reveal yourself to me in a new way. Reveal yourself to me. And, and that's all the Lord wants. The Lord just wants us an opportunity because the Lord's always there, but often we're not willing or receptive to that, right? And so allowing ourselves to that and, and showing forth in, in, a, in a concrete way that we're open to the Lord, then that's all the Lord needs. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Matt, I want to thank you for sp- spending the time with us. First and foremost, uh, for our listeners who may be saying, okay, I- I'm actually discerning or I know someone who is, and this sounds right up their alley, that God might be calling them to this. Where can they go for more information about the Companions of the Cross? Right. So we have a website, companionscross.org. So you can check us out there, but we also are on Instagram and Facebook 
and yeah. YouTube as well if you'd like to see videos of All us. Right. Wonderful. Well, Patty and I, vocations are very near and dear to our hearts as members of the Sarah Club, and so I thought we could close our time together with you with the vocation prayer to Mary, Queen of Apostles. If I could ask you to lead us in prayer. Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. We turn, turn to you, Mother of the Church. Church. Through your fiat, you have opened the door, which makes Christ present in the world, in history, and in individual lives. In humble silence and total availability, you welcome the call of the Most High. May there be many men and women in our day who respond to your Son's invitation. Follow me. Grant them courage to leave family, work, and earthly hopes to follow Christ along the road that he walked. Mary, Queen of Apostles, pray for us and for an increase of priestly and religious vocations. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Matt Marin from the Companions of the Cross, we wish you the best in your studies and so seminary. We look forward, God willing, to your ordination and, and, thank you and the for work sharing you will a, do. And thank you for sharing a glimpse of this beautiful new community in Thanks the church. So Again, uh, so many beautiful religious orders that are here that we've never heard of. Right. And so, again, we're, we're seeing a lot of old friends, but we are making many new friends. Praise Matt, God. what Thanks a pleasure so much, to have you on Thanks, Covenant Adam. Network. God bless you. Yes, God bless you as well. Now, friends, it's one of those things that with so much going on between the Seek Conference and between uh, Epiphany coming up at the end of this week, we, we don't want to lose sight of something. First Friday and first Saturday are this week, and it's very near and dear to us at Covenant Network. So have that plan to make your first Friday devotions and your first Saturday devotions on Friday. We're called to go to Mass, receive Holy Communion in a worthy state. Uh, so not in a state of mortal sin. That might mean you need to go to confessions. And... Um, then pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart. And then on Saturday, for our first Saturday devotion, which has actually been a really fun thing as we've been running, we've been doing our catechism that we do on Roadmap to Heaven uh, live here at our booth at Seek, and we have had oh hundreds of college students. What are those hundreds. buzzers? What's that wheel? And we spin the wheel. We they get all want to play a game. <laughs> and, and, then, and then we have great catechesis about, yeah. you know, the, the one question we keep, keep coming back to, how many times a year is a Catholic obliged to make a good confession? once during the Easter season, but how many times a year minimum does the Blessed Mother tell us to make a good confession? Every once month. Once a month on the first Saturday, which is coming up this Saturday. So good confession, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray the Rosary, meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the Rosary. It's a great way to celebrate Epiphany, is to honor our Lord, just as the three wise men did with our first Friday devotions, to honor His Blessed Mother with our first Saturday devotion. So later in the show, we're going to be talking about the Sacred Heart with an apostle of the Sacred Heart, Sister Colleen Mattingly. And also on the show, uh, before that, we're going to be visiting with St. Louis's own Monsignor Ted Wojcicki, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Dar Garden Prairie, Missouri, a parish that is not a college campus, but has focused missionaries serving on the campus. So we've got that to look forward to as well. In the meantime, we are going to take a break. Uh, I know we've got some music for you. I believe we have the Daily Dose of Encouragement for you after the music and uh, a little bit more, and then we'll come back, and not long after we'll be joined by Monsignor Wojcicki. So you're listening to this very special broadcast of Roadmap to Heaven, an afternoon edition here at Seek 23, live on Covenant Network from downtown St. Louis. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O Blessed Trinity, Abundantly assist me in becoming that which thou intended me to become when thou created me. For in thy perfection I will give thee the glory thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. This week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, we are taking a closer look at the Mother of Perpetual Help devotions, and Patty Schneier has been sharing some wonderful nuggets of prayer from the devotion. Patty, 
Let's dive into this Wednesday nugget you have for us. Well, again, I'm just so grateful for the tradition of the church and preserving these beautiful prayers that are handed down to us and discovering them. They're just packed. They're just rich, full of advice, wisdom, encouragement, and they're beautiful prayers. We don't need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to the prayer tradition of the Catholic faith. And discovering Mother Perpetual Help devotions has just intensified my own prayers. So today, here's a quote from the Mother Perpetual Help devotions. Mary, humble handmaid of the Lord, we need your example today to discover God's will in our lives. You always gave God the first place in your life. Just as you pondered his word in your heart, help each of us to seek his plan in all that we do. Give us the conviction that nothing is more important than doing the will of our heavenly father. May we spend each moment in loving and pleasing him. Help us follow your example in proclaiming, I am the servant of the Lord. I will what God wills, when he wills it, as he wills it, because he wills it. End quote. Ah, oh, I love that part of the prayer. And today that the encouragement is all about the acceptance of God's will. And, you know, it's not so much accepting God's will in the big things in life. Those will come, but it's the little everyday things according to your state in life. So if you're a student, then God's will for you is to study and get the best grades possible. If you are a mom with young children, then God's will for you today might be just reading stories or having a tea party or building Legos and making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Acceptance of God's will for you according to your state in life. That's what this is all about. And may we know that nothing is more important than doing the will of our Heavenly Father. So wherever you are today, accept it as God's will and then say, I will what God wills, when He wills it, as He wills it, because He wills it. Pray that prayer for you in your life today. That's an absolutely beautiful prayer, and I don't think we need to limit that to our perpetual help devotions on Tuesday. I think you've just given us something to pray each and every day. Act of Faith. O oh my God, I firmly believe that Thou art one God in three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that Thy divine Son became man and died for our sins, and that He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches, because Thou hast revealed them who canst neither deceive nor be deceived. Amen. We are back. I'm Adam Wright coming to you live from the Seek 23 conference in downtown St. Louis where we are surrounded by some wonderful young women here to see Kristalina Evert who has been on Roadmap to Heaven with us before. Ladies, how excited are you to be Kristalina right now? Make some noise. All right, Patty Schneier is out in the crowd wandering with the microphone. Patty, let's see who we can meet today. All right, what's your name? Chaley Rice. And where are you from, Chaley? I'm from the University of Oklahoma. Oh, my gosh. And what have you enjoyed so, for, so far from the SEAT Conference? Oh, my gosh, just being able to meet such amazing people and really getting to connect and grow my faith with such an amazing group of both women and men who just want to be here all together and support one another. Well, that's great. There's a boatload of you around us right now, which is awesome. You're all in line probably to get Kristalina's new book. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, what's your name? Cecilia Howell. And where are you from? Oh, I, I love it. Her tag says, I am a high school student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So you'll be in college soon, but how awesome yeah. that you got to be here at Seek. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And it's where are you experience. from? Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. So you came from Lincoln, Nebraska with people. I love it. So awesome. Well, who do we have here? Hi, I'm Joelle Hoffman. And where are you from? I'm from the University of Oklahoma, but from Texas. Originally. You're from Texas. We yes. got people from all over. And your name is? Mara Maxson. And where are you? Oh, I also said, her tag says, I am a high school student. <laughs> I love it. So we've got mostly college women here few high school students as well. What's your name? Angelina Sandejas. And where are you from? I'm from California. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so you've come a far way. Yeah. And what have you liked so far about the SEAT conference? I really oh. like meeting new people and getting better? along with all these new great people and 
media. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wonderful to know you're not alone being yeah. a Catholic young adult, right? Super nice. Yeah. Super nice. And just to be informed in your faith and grow in your love for Christ. I'd right, step on up here. Who are you? Lauren Madden. Hi, Lauren. And where are you from? LSU. Okay. Are you originally from Louisiana? Yes. Okay. I'm from New Orleans. New Orleans. Great to have you here in yeah. St. Louis. Welcome everybody to St. Louis. It's so great to have you. And thanks for being a part of Covenant Network here. Our afternoon, we're doing a special broadcast live here from America Center. This is Covenant Network. We're the normally we're the morning show called the Roadmap to Heaven. So now you've just been in a special edition, which is wonderful. All right, Adam, back to you. All right. It is so wonderful to meet so many great people here at Seek 23, all lined up right now to meet uh, Crystalina Everett, who you can hear on Covenant Network on Saturdays with her program, Women Made New. It's a fantastic program. Crystalina has been a treat to talk with every time we've had her on Roadmap to Heaven with us. And we want to thank our friends at EWTN Global Catholic Radio and EWTN who are with us here at the SEAT Conference for allowing us to spend some time hanging out in their line with these amazing young women here at SEEK 23. Um, so one of the things we talk about are the, we've been talking about this all week, the impact that Focus has on college campuses. But did you know did you know Focus is no longer exclusive to college campuses? Focus missionaries are now starting to make appearances working in parishes across the country. And here in our very own Archdiocese of St. Louis, just over the Missouri River in Darden Prairie, Missouri, at Immaculate Conception uh, Parish, there are some Focus missionaries doing some amazing work. And here to share some of that with us, we are very happy to welcome the pastor of Immaculate Conception, Monsignor Ted Wojcicki. Monsignor, it is always great to see you and thank you so much for being with us here today at our broadcast from seek adam great to be here it's like a catholic love fest here i know it's a family <laughs> reunion woodstock it uh there, there, there's so it's, much it's all that. going on yeah. right now i've been running into people from all over the place i ran into some franciscan brothers from brooklyn one of the brothers used to work here in st louis brother david migliorino ran into one of my co-workers with uh, birthright st charles uh, Reagan Barclay, she's with Students for Life. So uh, praise the Lord for yeah. all these beautiful connections. It's it's like going to uh, it's like going to Ted Drews. Those who know know you're always going to run into someone you know when you go to Ted Drews. It's and true. It, the it's same true. is true at Seek. So Monsignor, you have focused missionaries we at do. your parish. How did that happen? Uh, I'd say like all of Focus, it happened by the grace of God. It just one thing led to another, and. Uh, we, we have uh, the two we have right now, Amanda Mannion. She actually grew up in our parish as Amanda George. And uh, Amanda was a Focus missionary herself. And a number of years ago when Focus started looking for some of their experienced missionaries, you might want to go in parishes, it was a logical connection. She was from our parish, and they knew I had great love for Focus. So... Uh, with uh, started with Amanda, and then we had another uh, another former college campus focus missionary, Evan Costello. Uh, he was from Warrington, and so he was kind of from the area and was ready to move on to something else. And then uh, now we have a, th a third, Jacob Grass. Jacob's from the, the St. Genevieve area. So they were experienced on campuses. And then they had some of them had actually worked in Focus Headquarters. So I would say it's all the work of the Spirit, how they ended up at our parish. And, and that's actually rare because, of course, normally Focus missionaries are on college campuses, but they're branching out. Do we know how many parishes are even blessed it, it, to have a, a Focus? It's full right now. Nationwide. I, I, growing. I, I think, uh, the, I mean, Curtis usually gives the, uh, the numbers when he gives a talk. The number they're putting out for the college campuses is in the 200 area. We were about number seven in the parishes, and now they're up to about 25. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we were one of the pioneers. I, I told Curtis, I'm happy to be a pioneer with the work of Focus. A very fitting place, St. Charles, Missouri, <laughs> is, is, is known for pioneers Absolutely. throughout the last couple hundred back. years, as Monsignor Witt has told us. So. I, I had breakfast with Daniel Boone, as a matter of fact, a number of years ago. So. Uh, Glad, glad to still be serving out there. Very good. So, you know, we, we know that on the college campuses, the missionaries go out and they look for students. So would you like to come to our Bible study? Would you like to come to our small faith sharing group? And, and they really go out, uh, fishers of men in particular. Uh, you are not a college campus, though. So what does a focused missionary do in a parish like Immaculate Conception? One thing is uh, they pray. 
it all starts with prayer. Beautiful. In fact, I went to one of the sessions today from uh, Pat Lencioni about parish renewal, raising the bar, and what we expect in parish life. Where does it start? He said adoration. Totally agree. So it starts with that, but then they have to be like the, uh, it's a little different from college campuses because students tend to have a lot of time on their hands, or at least time they're avoiding studying. And so they're just <laughs> hanging out, and they're looking for something to do. And so uh, it's, and parishes isn't quite the same. The people who are strong in the faith already have lots to do, so they have to be present, like in the back of church, or going on the retreat movements. Or, uh, so that, that, like, that was how some of them got connected initially, by going on the axe retreats or the chirp retreats, so they would meet people. And that's the idea of it, as they make the connections. And then just as any other way, you have to open the conversation somehow mm-hmm. in talking about their faith. And I, I would imagine a parish your size, I mean, if you and your associates wanted to go through every family in the parish just to call them and say hello for a five-minute conversation, it would probably take you weeks Years, at a minimum <laughs> to do so. And so you can't be everywhere at once, but you have now help greeting people and making sure that they're we, welcomed and loved we in the parish. do. I mean, I would say we have a very evangelization-oriented parish in the first place. Uh, the, almost the entire staff, they're, whatever else they're doing, they're evangelizing. But kind of like they hanging out in the back of church, you kind of see the look in the eye in certain people. Oh, this person has something to talk about. And so they're available to them the presence, and they begin talking about life, about their faith. Uh, were you at the session on Monday night with Paul Kim? No, I was no. Okay. we, we were he, sorting out some technical yeah, things and, here. Oh, and, yeah, but what yeah. he talked about all was just what is, a, don't have much of a life if you don't have a purpose. Hmm. And so that's the idea. There's a lot of people wandering around nowadays. Uh, even in our very nice suburban area, they might be very successful in the eyes of the world, but Without a purpose, people are kind of lost. And, of course, we have the ultimate purpose. Now, Monsignor, um, is, uh, when you have a focused missionary at a parish, is it like a college campus assignment or, or stay? Is it a one-year or a two-year? Or how long does a focused missionary stay usually in a parish? I, I think they haven't been doing it long enough to have a usually. Okay. Uh, but the, the actual, there's a contract involved okay. because they're, Focus is very loyal to the bishops. So the bishop have to give approval for them to be in, in my parish, which I like. Mm. It's kind of like the old, that's the way religious communities typically work. They couldn't just come in and work wherever they want without the invitation of a bishop. Focus is very respectful that way. Uh, and so once, once they're there, we actually sign an agreement with them a year at a time. Okay. And, and, and so the, the one, one we've had, Amanda's been there now, it's, she's in her fourth year. We had Evan for two years, and now this is uh, Jacob's first year. Okay. So it, it, it truly is. It's one of, one of the things I was excited about Focus in the first place. It's very spirit-driven. Mm. It's like the good book says, you can tell if the Spirit's present by if the fruits of the Spirit are being produced, and it obviously is at ICD. Yeah, yeah. well, and we're seeing the fruit here at this conference oh, as well. The my. fruit is just <laughs> unbelievable. The Spirit, the fire, the love, the reverence, it's all here yeah. and in such um, uh, evident, it's palpable. I mean, the excitement, I know yes. you can hear background noise, but I mean, we are surrounded by young people this whole entire week um and it is palpable it's just beautiful the fruit it is fruit and that was going to be my next question because you talk about the storied history of icd a parish that has been around and and great traditions as you said of activity evangelization vibrancy and now you have these focused missionaries a part of it what have you seen that's changed what what fruit are you seeing i'd say a uh heightened awareness of the value of of being in support groups, faith-sharing groups, Bible study groups. We always had pretty many, even before the Focus Missionaries got there, but now we have more, and there's there's more intention on that. When we, we have a strategic plan for our parish, and as part of that vision statement for the plan is we want all of our parishioners to be disciple makers. So that's a pretty high bar, but that's the same as what Focus says. They're training the missionaries to make disciples who are in turn supposed to make more disciples, and that's what we're about. So 
we've become more intentional about that approach in the parish. So then as we look at the uh, the current focus in the Archdiocese on evangelization, I'm, I'm going to just guess here that if uh, the Archbishop called you up and said, Monsignor, we were thinking about having more focused missionaries come to parishes in the diocese. It sounds like a wholehearted, ringing endorsement. A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand. Yeah, absolutely. I and I hope that that's. Uh, I hope that that happens. I hope that there's missionaries available, and not just every uh, person who finishes a, a stint, a tour of duty on a college campus, is going to necessarily be the right person for a parish, because they're working with a whole different. They're not working with people. Uh, five to ten years younger than them. They're oftentimes working with people older than them. So it takes a certain person, takes a calling. But we're, I love being one of those uh, pioneers yeah. with regard to, to focused missionaries in parish. I, I hate to say I've learned being around this many college students how old I really am. <laughs> oh, goodness, yes. <laughs> so, and this well, week, it's a marathon. I'm feeling every ache and pain in my body. Yeah. Well, Monsignor, we just, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with Patty and I today for this broadcast and for your willingness to be one of those parishes to say, yeah, we'll welcome Focus here, and, and we'll see how this goes and help them grow this ministry. It's certainly a wonderful gift for for focus for the archdiocese for the people of your parish so thank you so much for your yes may i have 10 more seconds you and, may and just yeah, just say absolutely. thank you adam and uh, praise the lord for the life of pope benedict the 16th yes. may he rest in peace amen, amen to that amen thank you monsignor well patty and i are going to take a quick break here on covenant network when we come back we'll be talking about the sacred heart of jesus which is coming up this friday with first friday devotions and sister colleen mattingly from the apostles of the sacred heart will be with us so don't go anywhere we're going to be back in fact don't touch that dials more from seek 23 after this a prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe, mystical rose, make intercession for Holy Church. Protect the sovereign pontiff. Help all those who invoke you in their necessities. And since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and Mother of the true God, obtain for us from your most holy Son the grace of keeping our faith, of sweet hope in the midst of the bitterness of life of burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen. We are back. I'm Adam Wright coming to you live from the Seek 23 conference in St. Louis, Missouri with Patty Schneier. Uh, we are so happy to be here broadcasting, and uh, it is just a joy today to be coming to you live. Um, this coming Saturday, this co well, coming Saturday is first Saturday. Right. This coming Friday is first Friday. Absolutely. And uh, I'm, you can tell I'm out of my native habitat right now. I've got different <laughs> buttons to push. Well, and, and we've got so many people out. around us, I and know. we're doing a million things during the break. I mean, it is crazy here. I wish people could just w see where, where we hear, are broadcasting. You can hear one minute. You can't. <laughs> so speaking of the Sacred Heart, though, Patty, almost three years ago, about two and a half years ago, when we first started broadcasting Roadmap to Heaven, and we were saying, you know, again, I love the story that we were going to do coverage of live local events in our listening area, everything that's going to be happening, and then the world shut down. And we said, well, what are we going to talk about? And one of the things we said is, well, let's talk about the Sacred Heart. And in fact, the Feast of the Sacred Heart was coming up. And I said, well, you know, there's nobody better to talk to about the Sacred Heart than an apostle of the Sacred Heart. And I happened to be connected with the vocation director for the Apostles of the Sacred Heart, Sister Colleen Mattingly. And we, we had a great interview. It was, it was one of those fantastic things. We'll talk about a reunion as we're walking through the convention center. All of a sudden, I, I, and I know the habit because in high school I hung out with a lot of friends from Koryezu. I said, that's an apostle of the Sacred Heart. And they, they gave us great name tags with nice big print. And I'm like... That's Sister Colleen Mattingly. <laughs> and I said, you and I have never actually met in person, but you were one of my first interviews. And so, Sister, I am so happy to welcome you to the airwaves live in person on Covenant Network. It's so good to be with you today. Thank you. Well, and we go way back because, of course, Sister of course. Colleen <laughs> taught my daughter Julie at Corrier Zoo. And then when I went to Ireland in 2018 for the World Meeting of Families and was literally going to be interviewing bishops in Waterford, Ireland, believe it or not, Sister Colleen, you were then on mission in Ireland. 
And we recorded at your kitchen table a pearl of great price. So, I mean, this is so incredible to see Sister Colleen. And then there was this whole group of of students here from Ireland. And the first thing I say is, do you know Sister Colleen? So it's just been this connection after connection after connection after connection. And here, she's sitting here right next to us, and we are so excited to have you on the air with us today. So very quickly, Sister, uh, we've covered this before, but we need a quick refresher. The Apostles of the Sacred Heart, an order of women religious, uh, devoted to the Sacred Heart. What is the primary charism of the order? Well, it's a hard thing to summarize, but um, we like to say that it's knowing God's love and sharing it. So we're women of prayer and then we're women of action. Yeah, I, uh, I, I know that one of my favorite things about the apostles, the beautiful prayer, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I believe, I believe in, in your, your love, love for me. me. And that my preschool daughters who went to Sacred Heart Villa, which is staffed by and, and sponsored by the apostles, they, they reminded me of that prayer that all my high school friends used to say. And every now and then on the air, I think it's just, it's a great one of those aspiratory prayers to just say when you need a prayer. So to, to take that love of Jesus and make it visible to the world, that's, that's beautiful. Now, Friday... Our devotion to the Sacred Heart, though, focuses on reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart. And I'll tell you what, in, now in 2023, don't we see that everywhere? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so sad. Yeah. And I think something that's hitting me, too, is just on this whole concept of reparation. Um, there's such a need to look within our own lives and go into every recess and every cave in our own heart and say, God, where have I not been open to you? Where have I, because as our hearts are expansive, so we'll see our own woundedness and brokenness and be able to then see it also in the world and just offer ourselves together with the sins of the world for, uh, for God to heal and have mercy on and um, yeah. So, so how do we do that then? How do we take that yeah. to the world? Because, again, it's, it's about making that love of our Lord apparent, and, and not just apparent and visible, but actually being the hands and feet and going out and bringing his love in service to the world. So what are some things we can do as we look at our acts of reparation on mm. Friday? Mm. Well, we had a beautiful talk this morning by a bishop who um, shared with us that first of all we don't have to be afraid of being poor and of being um people who are in need of god's mercy ourselves that we're ministers but that doesn't mean we're superior that doesn't mean we're um we we some we somehow have something that other people don't uh we actually first just need to become poor and say god enter into my own heart be merciful to me and then let that that's humbling I think that is an act of reparation because it is uncomfortable to recognize our own brokenness and to say, God, I give that to you. And then I think it's it's trusting that God will then give us lots of opportunities um, to sacrifice for other people. You know, sometimes he asks us to fast. Sometimes he asks us to um, fast from our phones or a particular food or some other thing that we like. But then I think he, he just gives us opportunities to love that are difficult in our, in our married lives, in our lives with our children, in religious life. So I think it's just a sensitivity and awareness to where does God want me to love, to do the most loving thing next. Yeah. And then I'd add on prayers. I, I, I love that because, you know, we often go to those two greatest commandments. What, Lord, what are the two greatest commandments? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Uh, and love your neighbor as yourself. And it's like, okay, I got to go love my neighbor. But there's a question we never ask ourselves sometimes. Do I love myself? You know? That's true. And and, and it's really easy to say, okay, I'm going to go do some service for the poor. And we should go do service for the poor. And we should donate to the St. Vincent Paul Society. And we should tithe. But sometimes it's easier to do those things than to say, okay, I'm going to take a deep look in my own heart because I want to be invincible, like the bishop said this morning. Yeah, it's funny. I had a retreat not too long ago, and the priest said to me, I don't think you are uh, being vulnerable before the Lord. And I was a little bit annoyed. And I was like, I'm a sister. I've been a sister for 20 years. What are you saying? I'm not vulnerable to the Lord. And he's like, there's parts of you that you've never opened up to the Lord to see and know. And that's, that's humbling. And it, it's work to sit in prayer and say, okay, God, where are the caves of my heart that I've not seen myself 
and made known to myself and made known to you to heal and yeah. to touch. Those dark recesses in the corner of our hearts and our souls that we just don't sometimes have the courage to look at. Yeah. And I think um, why I'm excited about tonight in adoration, because I do think when we are in the presence of the Lord in the silence of adoration, sometimes we can just allow him to, or we allow ourselves, I guess I should say, to go there and then allow the Lord in mm. to those dark recesses. Mm. You know, I, I, I've been thinking about adoration and this is, again, with all of the different groups here. Yesterday, we're sitting here at our booth and someone brought chicken fingers into the booth behind us and that smell wafted over the wall, right? <laughs> and just the presence of chicken fingers, my whole mood changed. I was hungry, but I was joyous because I love the smell of chicken. So if chicken fingers can bring me that little bit of joy just by being in the next booth over, what does spending an hour in the presence of our Lord sacramentally, physically present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, what, how much more can that do for me than just the aroma of delicious chicken, right? <laughs> now, I want to flip the coin here, though, because the, the, the other side of this, we're talking about looking at ourselves, we're talking about looking vulnerable and, and not being invincible, but we also sometimes put that weight on our shoulders to say, all right, acts of reparation. So I, I have to make up for it. All of, all of the sins I've committed against the Sacred Heart, I have to make up for all of those. Um, all of the sins others, well, they're not doing the reparation, so I'm going to have to take that on myself. Mm. I think of junior year in high school, we watched the movie The Mission, and Robert De Niro's character carrying all of that armor as his penance up the side of the cliff as if he has to do this and he falls and says, let me help you. No, you can't help me. I have to do this. And when he gets to the top, they cut it and, and the, those that he sinned against cut the rope and the armor falls. And I keep remembering, Adam, it doesn't matter what you, well, it does matter what I do, but no matter what I do, I will never, ever be able to fill that void or, or to make up for all of those sins I've committed. The only one that can do that is our Lord. It's mm, beautiful. Mm -hmm. yeah. We got to let go sometimes, sister. And that can be hard too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, sister, uh, we're, we're sadly running out of time here. But really quick, you are the vocation director. So I know that a lot of young women have been stopping by the Apostles of the Sacred Heart. And I know a lot of listeners, particularly in the St. Louis metro area, know, know of the Apostles. So for anyone who's discerning or knows someone discerning and they'd like more information on vocations, where can they go? They can go to, um, you can go to our website, www.ascjus.org, or you can follow us on Instagram at, at ASCJVocations, at ASCJUS uh, Vocations, or you can um, email me at vocations at ASCJUS.org. And that's I a have, lot of info. That's all right. I have a question for you just before we, we okay. have to break. Um, so what has been your takeaway from this Seek experience mm. of with the young people and people stopping by your booth? And mm. have you been able to have those quality conversations? Mm. Just what has it been like for you? It's been a really exciting experience of seeing the young church. Just seeing all these young people who are hungering. Like I was watching them go to, to um, receive communion yesterday. And every single one of them, it's like, they, there's silence. There's silence. They know that this is something that they long for and that they want Jesus in their life more and more and more. And so, and just coming to our booth and um, wanting to hear about our foundress, Mother Clelia, and wanting rosaries and religious objects to help them internalize uh, their desire to follow Christ more closely, it's been incredibly inspiring. Awesome. So. Wonderful. We're well, so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I, I can think of no better way to end our time together than just to say, O oh, sacred heart of Jesus. I, I place my trust in you. O oh, sacred heart of Jesus. I believe in your love for me. Amen. Sister Colleen Mattingly, it's so great to be with you in person. Thanks for stopping by the Covenant Network booth. We are going to take a break here one last time, and then Patty and I will be back to wrap up. So don't go anywhere. The special broadcast from Seek 23 concludes after this. Prayer for Priests by St. Therese of Lisieux O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. 
bless their labors with abundant fruit and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown amen we are back coming to you live from seek 23 i'm adam wright joined by patty schneier it is so good to be with you uh you know here's something incredible patty right now there is a line that has been going steady for hours at the chastity.com <laughs> booth to go get those great materials from jason and Chris. is that awesome Abbott. or what what are you gonna see that in the world <laughs> uh, i just want to give a shout out to all of you in line over there at chastity.com who, who is excited for chastity make some noise <laughs> I don't know if they can hear that or not. Yeah. They're a little bit farther away from us. And we got everybody in line over here for Kristalina. I know. It's just been incredible. Just wow. Um, you know, the reason we've been doing this special broadcast in the afternoon is so that our listeners who cannot be down here can get a glimpse and get a feel of the excitement. I want you to know that something big, something big is going on right now in the Archdiocese yeah. of St. Louis so that you can be praying for it, so that you can be praying for all these young people. But what I really want you to know is that there is so much hope hope for the future of the church, hope for our young people that are on fire for their faith, to be here with 17,000 plus people. We just had to broadcast here and we had to yeah. keep breaking in and, and broadcasting both in the morning and in the afternoon. I mean, it's a marathon week for us. This is hard, I will admit. It's very yeah. hard of what we're doing, but it is so much fun. It's so worth it. And we hope that you listeners love getting this glimpse of this to know that there is something so exciting and wonderful going on in the church through Focus, through Seek, with all these young college students on fire for their faith. This, I can't say it enough. This morning it, during the Mass, it was, it was during communion, um, which, you know, logistically speaking, I have to say as a former sacristan and a former liturgy director, uh, the, the logistics of this liturgy is, oh is just gosh. amazing how they handle it. So but impressive. Communion does take a while when you have 17,000 people, and, oh, that's, yeah. and that's okay because because that's just time spent in the presence of our Lord. I, I am not going to complain about spending time with our Lord. It's and a, it really did remind me of when Pope John Paul II was here, because communion took a while, and you had all these different stations yeah. of priests. Yeah. But as, as we were praying during that time of, of everyone receiving our Lord, one of the songs was just so simple. I love you, and so I sing. I love you, Lord, and so I sing. And, and I, had, yeah. I started crying. Yeah, me too. Uh, because you could tell everyone in that room, everyone in that room, it's just so deeply in love with our Lord or craving that depth of relationship with our Lord. And you can tell that that permission's being given. And as Matt was sharing with us, so the story of the founding of the Companions of that Cross, that first parish, if, if you give me permission and if you get the people of the parish to give me permission, I will come and I will act here. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about how special this is, it, it, you know, yes, it's exciting to be doing a live remote broadcast. Yes, it's exciting to be meeting all of these people, to see old friends, new friends, friends we didn't even know we had. <laughs> but to see what God is working yeah. in the heart of the church. Because on Friday, all of us will leave here and we will all go home. And then that's where that work of prayer really kicks in. Lord, don't let me lose the passion that I had for you this week. Help me to bring that passion forth to the world. Help me then to go and make disciples where I am. So this has just been absolutely wonderful. Uh, the broadcasts aren't over. We're going to be back tomorrow morning with another broadcast of Roadmap to Heaven. And then again here tomorrow afternoon and then one final time Friday morning. But sadly, we are out of time this hour. So let's conclude with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All glory be to the Father, Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, now and, and ever shall be, world, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church. Pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. Blessed Mother Clelia. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. And I'm Patty Schneier. Thank you for being with us this afternoon. We're going to go back to some more Christmas music, I believe, here on Covenant Network. In the meantime, if you haven't done it already, Pray your rosary today.